There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Give me some monitor. You ready for the word of God tonight? Hallelujah. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith and faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word. Shout it out. And somebody say, I know that's the truth. Hallelujah. Amen. We welcome those watching live at all of our campuses tonight. If you have your Bibles with you, flip to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to move expeditiously tonight. 2 Peter chapter 1. While you're flipping there, we uh, celebrated tonight. We had eight graduates of our Student Leadership Academy tonight. Y'all can make some noise for them. And uh, so we're so proud of uh, them completing tonight. And so we had a private ceremony a little earlier, and uh, we're just so proud of them. Amen. And uh, all the great things happening with our students. Second Peter chapter 1, you got it? Look there at verse number 5. But he says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance, perseverance godliness, godliness, be nice to your brothers and sisters now. And your brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, abound just means you got a lot of them, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Look at the name said, don't judge me. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting what? Kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Encourage your neighbor next to you. Say, neighbor, pain has pushed me into purpose. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we share for these next few moments tonight, I pray that you would tailor make and customize this word, this teaching to those hearing me at all of our campuses around the world, people listening in India now, people listening in Nigeria now, people in Kenya now, people in Florida now, everybody watching and listening to this now, we pray that you would customize this word, that they would move from pain into purpose, and it is in Jesus' name we thank you. Somebody shout hallelujah. High five, two or three people, tell them again, say, pain the purpose, pain the purpose, pain the purpose. You'll be seated in the presence of the Lord. I don't want to move in a very systematic way tonight so that uh, not only do you shout and rejoice, but that you understand the totality of what we're talking about tonight. Say, pain the purpose. Now, I want to define pain. I want to start by defining pain. So if you take notes, this would be a good time to take notes. If you're not a note taker, this would be a good time to shake your head like you remember it. Pain, what is this, is an unpleasant sensation occurring in varying degrees of severity as a consequence or injury, disease, or emotional distress. Let me just give it to you again. Uh, an unpleasant sensation. There you go. Second definition, though, th- this is the one that most of us will probably most relate to. It means suffering or distress. Suffering or distress. 
Now, I want to begin by divining Christian suffering. Christian suffering is not you staying in a bad situation hoping God changes his mind about it. That's not Christian suffering. Christian suffering is not you trying to convince God of something and until he decides whether or not he's going to do what you want him to do, you call that suffering. No, Christian suffering is when God puts you in a fight you didn't start. That's Christian suffering. That's what suffering is. Everything else you do to yourself. Everything else we do to ourselves. Christian suffering is when God puts you in a fight you did not start. And then he says, now finish this. Are you still with me? So when we talk about suffering or we talk about stress, we have all been stressed out by something. Truth be told, some of y'all probably in here tonight walked in here with stress about something you saw, about something you got in the mail, about something somebody told you. So that means you're, you're experiencing what? Pain. See, the, the root of stress is to get you involved in pain. Because, see, when you get stressed out, what do you begin to do? You begin to worry. Worry causes what? Unnecessary pain. Come on, y'all can sit up here and act like you ain't never done it if you want to. But your neighbor's going to get free, I guess. Stress will always cause you pain. When you're stressed out, you eat more than you should. Okay, y'all ain't going to. Okay, fine, Holy Ghost. I'll call them out one by one. Listen, we eat more than we should when we stress. We say stuff that we really didn't want nobody to hear us say when we stress. It's not that you didn't mean what you said. You just didn't want for them to hear it. Don't ever let somebody say, I didn't mean that. The Bible says, out of the abundance of heart, death, the mouth speak. You just didn't want me to hear you say that. No, 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 no. Let's get a clear understanding. So we experience pain. So pain is an unpleasant sensation. It's suffering and it's distress. Now, now watch this. You find your pain and you will find your specific purpose. You find your pain and you will find your specific purpose. Most people live life by happenstance. They live life from experiment to experiment. It is like a laboratory room where they throw things in a vial and hope that those things don't combust. Life becomes a great experiment for most people, and that's not how God set this thing up. He did not set it up so it has to be an experiment. He set it up, the scripture says, so that the steps of the righteous would be ordered. Say, I'm the righteousness of God. Cool, so here's what that means. God says, I've set your steps up then, so all you have to do is hear me, follow the steps, and the plan's going to work. You got that? Now, you find your pain, and you will find your specific purpose. Now, I want to define specific purpose, because there is a universal purpose, and there is a specific purpose. Okay? Your specific purpose, you're going to write equals your assignment, comma, your calling, See, I'm even telling you where to put the commas. Or your election, your assignment, your calling, or your election. Specific purpose. Now say this with me, everybody. Say, I have a universal purpose. I have a specific purpose. Now, now watch this. I said this on Sunday. I want to give it to you again. Pain brings revelation. Okay. Your pain is far more valuable than even your moments of joy. Just like your enemies are more valuable than your friends. But so what do you mean? The scripture says, I will make your enemies your footstool. Now he don't say nothing about what he's going to do with your friends. Which means sometimes you got to learn how to thank God for your enemies and celebrate your... Some folk, you need to write them a thank you card and say, thank you for lying on me. Thank you for doing me the way you did me because I didn't realize you were going to cause me to have a revelation. Pain causes a what? Revelation. Reveal means I can see something that was not uh, available for me to see before. So some, sometimes, I, I said this on Sunday, people change when they learn enough that they want to, they hurt enough that they have to. Some people, pain is the only revelation that causes them to change. So pain brings what? Revelation. I can see something I didn't see before. So I can see clearly now, the rain is gone. But it causes contemplation. And what, what is contemplation? Contemplation is where I begin to think about what's just been revealed to me. Have you ever tried to tell somebody something and, and you, you revealed it to them and they sitting there and they just don't get it? Uh, that's because they don't know how to contemplate about the revelate. They don't know how to have contemplation about their revelation, which means God could be, 
red flag, boop, red flag, boop, red flag. But you saw off into La La Land and over here and over there that God says you're not even paying attention to what I'm showing you. There's nothing worse than talking to a space cadet. Because you, you just don't get it, huh? It causes contemplation. It means I think about what I saw. I think about what I saw about my situation. So pain brings revelation that causes what? Contemplation about my what? Situation. And it spawns reformation. So what does this have to do with pain and purpose? I'm going to pull all these dots for you. That's why I'm going systematically tonight. Because I want you to get this thing so good you can go home and, and preach it to your dog. And line your cats and dogs up and have church. <laughs> lift your hands. Lift your hands. Come on. Tell, tell <laughs> Got it? Now, now, we read in the scripture, we read in 2 Peter 1, he said, look at it again. He said, 2 Peter 1, look at uh, verse 5. But for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. Self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. Now he says, if I have all of these things, and I got a lot of these things, that I'm not going to lack as it relates to Jesus Christ. Are you getting this? Oh, okay, now now look at this. Look, look at this. Pain produces faith. Got, got it? You know how you started trusting God? When you got into a situation where there was no other option, and it was so painful, you had to trust God. See, I'm here to tell you, it ain't your good days that make you have faith. It's the days where you feel like you've been to hell and back that makes you have faith. It's not heaven that makes you shout. It's hell that makes you shout. Pain produces faith. Out of your hurt come your greatest moments of faith. If you look back over your life, it was the moments where you were in the most pain. That you had your greatest experiences with God. Come on, can we be real tonight? It's the moments where you were saying to yourself, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can take another day. It was in those moments that faith rose up. Now, now look, let's follow the line from Peter. Peter says, then add to your faith. What does he say, add to your faith? What does he say? Add to your faith what? Virtue. Now watch this. Virtue means morals. But watch this. It is your pain that causes you to think about what you're getting ready to do and who it will affect. Because when you've been wronged by somebody, you make it an incumbency upon yourself to make sure that you don't wrong somebody else the same way. So, so he says, add to your faith virtue, good morals. I don't do something to somebody I don't want them to do to me. Now, now we say, that's pretty, people say, but Bishop, that's a golden rule. Ain't no thing, the golden rule. That's the Ten Commandments, 9-11. But the principle of Scripture says this. God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, so shall he also reap. And a harvest is always greater than the seed that was initially sown. Which means, uh, to my faith, I add treating people the way I want to be treated. That's morals. That's morality. Got it? Okay. Now, but look, look what he says there. He says, now, after you add virtue to your faith, then what does he say? Add knowledge. Your pain brings you the greatest knowledge of yourself. Watch this, and others. Your pain brings you the greatest knowledge of yourself and of others. It was in moments of pain that you found out you were stronger than you thought you were. It was in moments of pain that you found out there was a little bit more intestinal fortitude than you knew you were built with. It is in your moments of pain also that you found out about what kind of people you need to stay away from. It's in your pain. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. It's in your pain that you find out. I can't mess with this. I can't mess with that. No, I already know. It's in your pain you gain gnosis, knowledge of yourself and of other people. It, it, is, it is in a situation of crisis that you find out what people are really made of 
It is not when they just got the promotion. It's not when they got the new car. It's not when they got the new job. No, it's when they get fired and they got $20 left to get them to the end of the week. It is in those moments you get gnosis, knowledge of who a person really is. See, for those of you dating, talking about, well, we've been dating three months and we're ready. You're crazy. You need to go through at least four seasons so you can figure out how they act when different pain comes. Anything that you can finalize in 90 days will be over and you don't even know it. Take at least four seasons to get some finalization. So for you to me, I know this, I know that, you're a lie. You don't know nothing until you've seen them in pain. And how they treat you when they're in pain. Okay. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. Now, he says, he says, add to your knowledge what? Self-control. It is pain that gives you the ability to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Matter of fact, there were some prophets a long time ago wrote a song. They told you, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. It's going to be bad for your health. Pain teaches you how to control yourself. Let, let, me give you, let me give you a perfect example. It's called the law of linkage. I, I gave you all this example on Sunday. Uh, uh, if you touch the stove and it's hot and it burns you, you're going to experience what? Pain. You're going to holler. Okay, how calm, cool, and collected you are. You touch a stove that's on high, you're going to learn to shout. Say, Bishop, I'm not a shouter in church. You're going to learn to shout, touch a hot stove. You're going to get some shout. But now watch this. From that shout, from that pain, you then learn self-control. I can't touch this anymore. You, you, you're not hearing what I'm saying. See, some, some folks, you have to control yourself because you are a mercy addict. And you are a compassion addict. And you do good things, but you don't do God things, and you end up becoming an enabler. So pain, when somebody that you help does you wrong, that pain will teach you, can't do that. Can't do that. No, can't, 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 can't go there. See, see, uh, uh, self-control. See, see, when, 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 whenever you start doing what people call confiding, which is really just telling somebody something that they know they're going to tell somebody else, uh-huh. Uh, whenever people start doing stuff like that, it, 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 it only takes one time for that trust to be breached. And then you'll learn self-control. What's wrong with you? I'm fine. The joy of the Lord is my strength. This is the day that the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be made. It only takes one Judas to make you shut your mouth and learn how to deal with your own problems and your own causes on your own time. Some saints, not you, not none of y'all listening, because y'all are very spiritual and very deep and very sophisticated in the Lord and all that. But some saints you know, they just have diarrhea of the mouth. And what they end up doing is they end up inviting flies into their ointment. If the pain was meant for everybody to experience it, then he would have let everybody experience it. Okay, all right, I'm going to leave that alone. It only takes one Judas to learn self-control. And to know that there has to be boundaries in life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Self-control is important. Because I know, I know a lot of Christians, but just, you know, just the Lord must have led me to do it because I did it. Mm -mm. No, you must have did that because you did it. People have this saying, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm, you did it. That's why. That's the reason. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Watch this. He says, now add to your self-control. Anybody glad for self-control? Y'all not saying nothing. When you drive by the Krispy Kreme off of C47, it's half control. Jesus. I looked right over and added it the other day, and I said, I rebuke you, Satan. Get thee behind me. Self-control. Just if you want to. Self-control. Got it? Now, look what he says. Add to your self-control perseverance it is your pain that makes you persevere 
Because sometimes, truth be told, the reason why you get over your pain is just so that what caused your pain knows it couldn't keep you down. Oh, you don't want to be real. Sometimes if we can take the mask off, sometimes the reason we get over stuff so quickly is because we don't want so-and-so and this and that to think that you had me like that. Pain will make you persevere. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Anybody had to persevere in the middle of some pain? Pain will make you persevere. Make you push. Make you like MC Hammer. You're going to be too legit. Got it? Now, pain makes you persevere. Now, are you seeing this? How, how all of these things he's saying? He's saying all of these things, pain produces these things. What? Not, not even, watch this, prayer is wonderful and you must pray and we all must pray, but prayer can't do some of the things pain can do. Because pain will leave an indelible impression in your mind. Somebody said, thank God for my pain. Y'all still with me? I told you I just want to walk through it tonight. Now, he says add to perseverance. What does he say add to that? Godliness. Being like God. Isn't that something? Now, we're not, what well, the scripture says we're being transformed into the image of Christ. That's a process. Because sometimes people will put stuff on you that Jesus does, and you're not quite him yet. He said, well, forgive and forget. No, the Bible don't say nothing about forgetting. He forgets. Well, don't you want to be like Jesus? I'm on my way there. I ain't there quite yet, though. You know why you don't forget? You don't forget so you don't repeat the same exact mistake again. What I do forget is the pain. But I don't forget the lesson. So a lot of Christians are walking around thinking they're being godly because they forgive and forget and keep letting the same people do them wrong over and over again. I'm being like Jesus. No, you're not. You let somebody get in your ear and give you a bunch of religious malarkey. Godliness. Say godliness. It means my pain will cause me to be more like Christ. That's what my pain will do. Your pain will cause you to be more like him. One of the things I love about, I love about Jesus is that scripture says he was tempted in all the ways which we were tempted. Now, most people look at that in terms of temptation, in terms of sin, and that was part of it. But the other part of temptation is the temptation uh, to, to, to sometimes crack under the pressure of life. He, he had a lot of pressure on him. He, he had a full-time staff of 12. Half of them was crazy. The treasure was still in the money. Peter wasn't quite out of his rehab from thug, thugging, you know, cutting people's ears and stuff. He, he, what, what, on Monday, he had a church of 5,000. By the time he finished preaching his message on Friday, the 12 was just there. Now, you, you know what I'm saying? He, he experienced what it was like to be on top. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Everybody wanted to know Jesus. And he knew what it was to be on the bottom. But then nobody want to be associated with Jesus. That's what I love about him because, see, he's been tempted. He's had the same opportunities you and I have every day to throw in the towel. He had the same opportunities. My pain makes me more like him. Think about it. The same people, same people that crucified him shall not give us Barabbas, give him crazy people. He turns around and dies for now, now, let's just be real and frank and honest with one another tonight. I know you're maturing in the kingdom and in the things of the Lord because you come to Harvest Christian Center. So I know you're maturing. However, dying for some folk that just finished cussing you out. And then they don't even know. They're so stupid. They can't even comprehend the fact that they need a savior. They think they're saved. It was the church folk that killed Jesus. You don't remember that? It was the religious, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin. It was those folk that said crucify him. Of course, he offered it up. Nobody could kill him, but he offered it up. But my point is, is they were the instigators. And then he turns around and he's so God because he is God. He says, Father, forgive them. Because they don't even know how crazy they are. 
Aren't you glad? See, can we just have a grace flashback moment for just a minute? When Jesus was hanging up on that cross, see, some of you grew up in church and you grew up around God and you still found a way to get away from him. But aren't you glad that even when you ran from him, he was saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's, that's what he does. He says he, he pled the insanity plea for him. He said, Father, forgive them. They're out of their mind. Let me put them in treatment. The treatment was called pain. Now watch this. Can we keep moving? He says, add to godliness. What does he say add? Kindness. Pain makes you nice to people. Pain makes you nice to people. You, you have, especially people that, 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 that you know, you, you think you're this in the back tips because you got some stuff. And have you ever had to lose some stuff? You, isn't it funny how nice you get to people? Y'all, 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 y'all can set up here with your bougie Denverite self if you want to. And then you're looking at other people that's lacking and saying, oh, but they just need to tithe more. They just need to give more. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in loss and all of a sudden now you're nice. Okay, y'all can't have this is too much for Wednesday. I should say this for the and days, girl. Isn't it funny how when the bottom falls out, you find compassion? Come on, can we be real? Isn't it funny how you don't judge people as quickly when the bottom falls out? Because you used to have something to say about everybody and everybody's problem, and then when your bottom fell out, all of a sudden, baby, just pray. I don't know, just pray. Loss will cause you pain, and pain will cause you to be kind. Kind to one another. Not so quick to say they're here because of this, that, and the other, and all that. No, it calls you to be kind to people. And then he says, add to your kindness. And this is the great part of the verse because this is what God is. He said, add to your kindness, love. See, love God, love people, love life. That's, that's more than a slogan that we own the trademark to. Uh, it's more than that. It, it, it is an understanding that pain Produces the best lover out of me. We'll get to you again. Pain produces the best lover out of you. Now, don't take lover and go to the world and get carnal with me. I mean, loving others. Love, love. One that loves would be a lover. Don't go there. Pain makes you a lover, not a fighter. Especially those of you that are still recovering from over-sensationalizing things and all that, pain makes you a lover. Pain makes you give people the benefit of the doubt before you shoot them dead. Come on, can we be real? Pain, because if you've ever been falsely this and that and the other, whatever, and you had the pain of that, you're like, no, just wait a minute, hold on, let's just see here. Let's just wait, let's just wait a minute now. Everybody calm down. <laughs> Amazing how calm you get after some pain. Y'all still here? Now, now watch this. Now, I told you earlier, you find your pain and you will find your specific purpose. Now, I told you your specific purpose is your what? Assignment, calling, or election. Now, I told you also that we have a universal purpose, right? Now, let's define purpose. I want to define purpose. I want to define purpose. Purpose, the reason for which anything is done, created, or exists. The reason for which anything is done, created, or exists. That's purpose. So when I say purpose, I'm saying it's the reason I do this. It is the reason I was created. It is the reason I exist. That is purpose. Okay? Now, purpose involves use. Okay? This microphone has a purpose. It was created and it exists for the sole purpose of me holding it with my right hand and preaching the gospel out of it. Now, wouldn't this microphone look foolish if it tried to be my watch? I do not want to speak into my watch. I want to hold it in my right hand. What are you trying to say? Most believers get skewed about purpose 
because they think it's about them. The scissors do not get to dictate their purpose. The one that manufactures the scissors dictates the purpose. Now, I need you to get this because, see, a lot of saints, not you, but a lot of saints are selfish because they think their purpose involves them feeling good and them being happy and them feeling great. And it is not about you. I wish you'd start listening to them songs we sing about coming back to the heart of worship. And it's not about us. You should be clapping and dancing to it, but get them words. The item does not get to determine its purpose. The maker of the item determines its purpose, which means even if the purpose is inconvenient or the purpose is, is, is challenging or the purpose causes further pain, so be it because you don't get to determine the purpose. Jesus determines the purpose. Now, 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 now look at it. Look, look, look at this. A universal purpose for every believer. Flip to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. Now, I've taught on this uh, before, but we're going we gonna, we gonna to do it again. So we get it good. Universal purpose. How many purposes are there? Two. What are they? Universal and specific. Now, here's the universal purpose. Now, guess what? We don't get to negotiate. Now, I'm, ta- I'm assuming I'm talking to mature folk because you're here in the middle of the week. You don't get to determine your purpose. Okay? It's not about what you feel. Have you ever noticed them feelings of yours get you in all kind of trouble? So why would you start obeying them feelings now? Amen. Amen. (laughs) Second Corinthians 5, verse 18, you got it? Now, look at this. This is powerful stuff. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled. Uh, you, you missed the first part. Now, all things are of God. I don't have time to go out of Isaiah 45 and 5 through 7 and, and tell you about how God says he makes the evil stuff. But this is what are you trying to say? God says, even your pain is of me. Because I could have stopped it, but I didn't. And I allowed it because of purpose. Now all things are of God. Watch this. Who has reconciled us. What's reconciliation? Getting back together. Us to himself through Jesus Christ. And has given us. Who is us? Us. There's no deep Hebrew word right there. And he's given us. Make it personal. Say me. Say your name. The ministry of reconciliation. Well, watch this. God says, your universal purpose as a believer in Jesus Christ is to get people back together with God. Universal. Got it? Now watch. He goes further. That is, verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the what? Word of reconciliation. The word of reconciliation says, I look at an unbeliever. I look at a sinner. I look at somebody that doesn't follow God. And I tell them, did you know before you were formed in your mother's womb, Jeremiah chapter 1, that you were with God and you knew God? See, that's why it's called reconciliation and not introduction. You're not introducing them to God. You're reconciling them back to God from when they were with God before they ever got here. It's saying, it's saying our universal purpose is to get people back together with God. So rather than telling people, God can't you, God don't like you, God didn't, no, 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 no. That's not the word of reconciliation. The word of reconciliation says, well, you may be a prodigal, get your crazy self back in the house. Some of y'all remember growing up and you, and you, <laughs> you remember growing up and you'd be at the house too late and Big Mama had to come out there on the porch and say, get back in this house. The word of reconciliation is walking up to somebody that doesn't know Christ and say, get back in the house. Are you getting this? Now, you see how this has nothing to do with you and how you feel about it and whether or not you're, you're scared or not to do it? He didn't ask. 
Come on, this is a I told, um, this is a this is a digging word tonight. Us is locked the doors. Now then, look at verse twenty. We who's the we? Usums are what ambassadors for Christ. What's this? Not you. We're not an ambassador for you. So you can have your own little co-following at your job. Ambassadors for who? Christ. Does your neighbor say an ambassador for Christ? As though God was pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Let, let, me, tell you, let me tell you what your job is. Your job is to be a spiritual reconciler. Let me give you another way to look at it. Scripture says to be a spiritual ambassador. What an ambassador does, if you're not familiar with the government, an ambassador will go to a country that will set up residence in that country to demonstrate and to uh, 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 represent the desires that the sending country has for the relationship between the two. Did you get that? See, so we have an ambassador to different countries. That ambassador will go. They will then live in those countries to represent our president and the needs and desires uh, uh, that we desire to see represented in the relationship. They'll go live there to set that up. Okay, let, let me go ahead and break it down because some of y'all look at me kind of strange. Okay, the scripture says, watch this. Got to go back to the heaven on earth series. Scripture says that God sent us. From heaven. Amen. Where? To earth. By way of a womb. He sent you to earth as an ambassador. He didn't need you up there. He needed you to be down here. He needed you to be down here because there were going to be people that did not know him. And that needed to come back to him. So he sent you to earth to be an ambassador to represent the nation you came from called the kingdom of heaven. And you are Christ's ambassador in the earth. Okay. The ambassador doesn't get to represent their own desires. They have to represent the desires of the nation sending them. But the ambassadors have some interesting benefits. The, the, the ambassador... They have what's called diplomatic immunity, which means, which means literally, uh, if you've ever seen any of our embassies in perhaps what we would call third world countries, they could be in a very destitute place in the city. But when you see the United States embassy, watch this, Jesus Christ. When you see the United States embassy, it reflects and looks nothing like the country it's in. Which means there could be poverty all around it. But when you step onto United States property, there's a whole different way of doing things. It's a whole nother lifestyle. That's why God needs you to get out of the curse and get into the blessing so that when people see you, it's a whole nother lifestyle. Totally different. Totally different. The, the ambassador's needs, watch this, are not met by the host country. See, see, earth is our what? Host country. The ambassador's needs are not met by the host country. The ambassador's needs are met by the sending country. That's why your job is not your source. And God says you better get, get your mind off of thinking that job is your source. That job is your resource. Your needs are met by the kingdom of heaven and by God Almighty. Which means even if you don't have a job, watch the embassy still meet your needs. Because God says you're my ambassador. Now, now, say I'm an ambassador. Now, now, now watch this. Watch this. I had three minutes. Watch this. Say that's our universal purpose. Because watch this. Most people will hear that and then everybody want to quit their job and come work at church. But, but that's not what that means. Because that's your universal purpose. But you have a, what's the other one? Specific purpose, which is also called your assignment, your calling, your election.
Look at this. Your specific purpose is the way in which you fulfill the universal purpose. Your specific purpose is the way in which you fulfill your universal purpose. Are you still here? While we are all to reconcile people to Christ, the way in which we do that is specific to each individual. And we discover the specific through our gifts. Got it? Say gifts. Okay. Now, now remember I told you that your pain points to what? Purpose. Now I'm going to show you what gifts and pain have to do with one another. I started a little bit in the second worship experience on Sunday. Okay. Now flip to Romans 11.29. Romans 11.29. Y'all getting something? All right, Romans 11.29. I want you to see this. See, your neighbor's an ambassador. And the ambassadors, if you ever see an ambassador, they ride nice, live nice, drive nice. Everything they do, they do well. Their health is taken care of. They don't need no bailout. Because they understand if anything gets cut, it ain't going to be me because I'm an ambassador ensuring that relationships. Yeah, okay. You got it? Romans eleven twenty nine. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Did you understand that? Now, God's given you gifts. Your pain will directly come against those gifts. Got it? But God says, I will not, and we're going to look at this in, in depth in just a moment. God says, I'm not taking your gifts nor your specific purpose back. So either you're going to come before me and say, Lord, I did it. And I'm going to say, good and well done, that good and faithful servant. Or you're going to stand in front of me and say, Lord, but I just, you know, it's so hard. I've just been hurt so many times. I just, Lord, it was just, Lord, I just, you know, I just kept it myself. I just, and God's going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, generational curses. Your mama didn't do it. Her mama didn't do it. Her mama didn't do it. All of y'all had excuses about why you didn't be what I ordained for you to be. But I think there's some people in the house tonight that say no more excuses. I will do everything God has done. God doesn't withdraw your specific purpose or the gifts he gave you to perform it. The gifts are the vehicle in which we perform the specific purpose, which is also the assignment, calling, election. Y'all still with me? Now, watch this. More often than not, your pain will be antithetical to your gift to discourage and intimidate you from using your gifts. Now, some of y'all trying to, you stuck on antithetical. So let me go and give it to you. Anti, against, thetical, position. Anti-position. Against the position of you using and being what God wants you to be. Got it? Okay, now, we've t we teach on gifts extensively in KLU, and uh, we're going to do a series uh, a little bit later on that will go into gifts uh, some more. But I want you to flip to Romans 12, because I want you to see this. You getting this tonight? Okay, I'm going to show you why you had the specific pain you had in life, and why you will have some pains in the future that you will have in life. I'm going to show you why. See, here's the way I work. As long as I know why, I'm good. What gets me is the not knowing. Anybody else like like this? I, I, I can handle it. Just tell me what I'm dealing with. Don't be playing smoke and mirrors and switch the cup with me. Just tell me what you are. I can work with you if you tell me what you are. Y'all not hear what I'm saying? I long for the day when people start being honest about who and what they are. See, I can help you a lot better if you are honest about who and what you are rather than trying to put on and be what you're not because when you're not who you are, what you end up doing is having God and the pastor medicate something that's not even there. Touch your neighbor say, just be real, just be real. Don't sit up in here trying to be all churchy and religious. You're the only one that even believes that about yourself anyhow. If you're honest about where you're at and what's going on, then we can get the right medicine there. Don't be going into the hospital talking about your knee hurt and it's really your ear, but you just don't want to have them put the thing in your ear. You better start You better start being honest about what's really wrong with you so it can get fixed. 
coming up in church talking about your foot hurt. You know good and doggone well it's your head. What's going on in it? <laughs> Romans 12. Y'all better come on here. I'm feeling apostolic tonight. Romans 12. Verse 6. You got it? Amen. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Prophecy. Now, I alluded to this on Sunday. The gift of prophecy, just very simple. I'm going to go through these very quickly. Prophecy involves seeing. Seeing and edifying. Seeing and edifying. What is edifying? Building others up. Okay? If you're gifted with that, Bishop, how do I find out? Got to go to KLU. If that's a gift God's given you, then you will directly face issues that contradict your identity. You will face issues to get you to question how you see. Because if it can question how you see, you'll never see right. Prophecy, to see and to edify. Okay, so the, the pain will be antithetical, anti the position of you seeing and edifying. So typically people with this gift become very, very critical. Why? Because their pain tries to intimidate them from flowing in the gift. So rather than being a builder of people, they are a detractor and a subtractor from people because they don't see themselves right. And how can you see for somebody else if you can't see for yourself? Then he says, I got to move. Let us, uh, 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 ministry is the next gift there. Ministry. Ministry is a gift. Okay, now let me be clear. That doesn't mean only certain people in the church are supposed to serve. No, everybody's supposed to serve somewhere. But when it talks about ministry, there is a very real gift of ministry. Because you have to be able to handle the very best of people and the very worst of people simultaneously and choose to deal with everybody as if they are the best. Ministry is not for the weak of heart. It is not for the faint-hearted. It is not for the easily offended. It is not for people that don't hold water. It is not for people that can't hold information. It is not for people that do not know how to be stable. Ministry is a gift. So your pain will be directly antithetical to that. It will make you hate sheep rather than love sheep. Ministry is the business of sheep. Sheep herding, sheep cutting, sheep beating. No, sheep got to get beat now. No, that's the Bible. That's what the word shepherd means in Hebrew. Oh, you didn't know? It literally means to be hostile towards the word shepherd in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. Next gift there is teaching. Teaching. He who teaches. It's a gift. It's a gift to teach. Everybody can't teach. Okay, Everybody can't teach. So that's a gift. So if, if the gift is to teach, what does teaching do? Teaching brings illumination and revelation. So what will be the pain this person will face as it relates to that gift? They will face blockages in illumination and revelation. They will be easily distracted. So they can't revelate or illuminate. Y'all still get it? Okay, good. I just want to work. I, I can't go into depth into each. Uh, the next gift there is exhortation. Exhortation means to speak words that build others up, to exhort. Got it? So what is going to be the pain an exhorter will deal with? The pain of being torn down. They will be heavily criticized. And watch this, because everybody is, truth be told, they just won't know how to handle it. Got it? Okay. Ne next gift there, next gift, is giving. Giving is a gift. Now, let me be very clear about that. That, does that mean only certain people are supposed to pay their tithes, offers, and first fruits? No, everybody's supposed to do that. This is talking about giving as a supernatural gift. Where God endows you to be the benefactor for the kingdom. To where when there's a need in the kingdom, you don't have to kill no chickens and get to have no four and five month campaign to get $5,000. No, we can come to the giver and the giver says, here's what you need, but I don't want my name out there. That's a giver as the gift. 
I don't need nobody to know I gave it. I don't need no income tax. Matter of fact, I'm just going to give you cash. What you need, a million dollars? Bring the briefcase. Here you go, Bishop. I ain't going to ask you no questions, so you ain't got to tell me no lies. I'm just going to put the money on the table. Let's build a kingdom. Okay? So what are they going to face? Financial insufficiency that causes frustration in their ability to be the benefactor for the kingdom. Isn't it? They'll want to do it, but the pain will try to keep them from doing it. People with this gift will also attract pyramid plans. And I mean the bad pyramid plans. Because everything at the end of the day is some kind of pyramid. I mean the bad ones, you know. I don't, don't make me call names. Please say amen. Thank you, Jesus. The next gift is leadership. He who leads. Leadership. Leadership is a gift. Leadership is a gift. Okay. Now, leaders still have to be developed, but the bare workings of it is a gift. See, see, when I came out the womb, I came out with a Bible, a briefcase, and I had cell phones for the <laughs> Big old brick. That's why they had to cut me out, because I had to big old brick. I'm joking. It's built in. See, you put a leader in a room full of people and they will naturally emerge. You have to have a meeting about it. Don't have to have a vote. Don't have to have a discussion about who's going to be the project manager. No, no, a leader will just naturally emerge. Got it? So then what would be the pain they would face that's antithetical to the gift? Come on, let's talk back. We haven't done a talk back, Bob, in a long time. Talk back. Let me hear you. Absolutely. People mistaking leadership for selfship. Now, I know that's not quite a word, but in the Harvest Dictionary, it is in there. People mistaking a person's zeal and passion to lead and get results and then mistaking that for them trying to be bosses. And you trying to be the boss of everybody. Somebody's got to lead. We can't have a church where everybody just walks around, oh, just feel the Lord, oh, just Jesus, oh, just touch the Lord. Oh, just. No, they don't get nothing done. Where everybody's equal, we're just all equal in the God's side. No, we're not. Read your Bible. We're created equal. We're, we are not equal in function. That doesn't mean one is better than the other. It just means there's a different function. Got it? So, so they will face constant attacks at their leading. They will also face constant attacks for their vision. Their vision will always seem to never be able to quite be everything they saw. It's an attack on the leadership gift. Are y'all in the house tonight? Okay, all right. Y'all want me to quit? Last gift, mercy. Last gift in Romans 12, mercy. And then we're going to breeze through the other ones. Mercy. Mercy is a gift. Shakarama. <laughs> Some of us got extra doses when God was giving it out. They left us on the table and just kept pumping in our arms. <laughs> mercy is when you don't give people what they do deserve. And that's a gift. Because how many of us know? <laughs> My God today. Good evening. Uh, people that are gifted with mercy, mercy is a very important gift. Because if everybody's just results oriented and this and this and you don't have any mercy, you, you can become very, very uh, uh, um, unyielding to people's flaws. And you'll see people as projects rather than people. So you need some mercy there. How many people in your spiritual gift, you've already gone through KLU, you know you got some. Okay, good. How many of you, mercy was like number one or two? Go ahead and put your hands up. Amen, amen. Okay, God bless you. It's okay. It's okay. I know. 
Here's, here's what the gift of mercy will always face as its pain. It will face deep betrayal. In a desire to get you to not trust or love anyone. Watch this. In any setting. Not just a church thing. Not just a relationship thing. It, it just period. I mean, you know, it's 40 years later and you still talking about, no, nah, I ain't finna be with nobody that's, that's looking, you know, whatever. Deep betrayal. So what's the difference between regular betrayal and deep betrayal? I'm going to tell you the difference. Deep betrayal is betrayal with no motive. I can understand betrayal if there's a motive. And I can understand it from the perspective of human nature. But I don't understand betrayal from the perspective of you don't get anything out of your betraying. That's deep betrayal. And if you got mercy, you got to realize, because how many people with mercy, you said, I've had me some deep betrayal. Come on, come on. See, it was designed to try to make you turn into a monster. But thank Jesus that you didn't let it win. Okay. All right. We got to move to these other ones real quick. First Corinthians 12. You getting something tonight? All right. First Corinthians 12. First Corinthians 12. I'm over time, so we got to move quick. First Corinthians 12. First Corinthians 12. And verse 28, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. Now, the gifts we just read, those are called motivational gifts. The gifts we're getting ready to read are also called motivational gifts. Bishop, what does that mean? Those are gifts that are built into you. It's not that you need, that, that there's a spiritual, so much so a spiritual component as if the fact that it's just you're built in that way. So whether a person knows, knows the Lord or not, if, they, if God is placed, because remember, he said the gifts are what? Irrevocable. So you'll see these people maybe in the world, they don't serve God, but you can clearly see the gift of leadership on them. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because the gift is still working because God says, I will never take it back. People are just misusing the gift. You got it? Because what's the gift supposed to be used for? To reconcile the world. Come on, y'all, come. Reconcile the world back to Christ. So if I'm using my gift, for any other motive other than that, I am abusing it, abnormally using it. That's abuse. Got it? First Corinthians 12, 28. And God has appointed these in the church. First, apostles. Some, that, that's the first gift there. Now, some, folk, some country folk will say apostles. <laughs> it's apostles. Th this is a gift in, in where God establishes in an individual the ability to pioneer from nothing. Now, this gift is slightly different in its, in its context than the gift we see in Ephesians 4. And I don't have time to go into the depth of that. But it's a pioneer from nothing. Generically, the gifts means one who is sent. Apostles deal with foundation. They deal with laying foundation. They deal with laying structure. They deal with laying order. They're very uh, uh, people that know how to nurture and bring the best out of people. They know how to take a nobody and make them to a somebody. Uh, they know how to do that. That's the apostolic gift. Now, in that gift, one of the pains that that gift will face is constant turmoil. There's supposed to be a foundation layer, so in their life, especially through childhood, many times they will see that there is no clear foundation laid. So that when it's time for that gift to be used and activated, they don't know how to do what it is that they are. Next gift we see there is what? Prophets. Now we've talked about that. Teachers. We've talked about that. Miracles. We haven't talked about that. Let's talk about it. Miracles. <laughs> Miracles, that's a gift. Understand that. The ability for someone to be able to pray and believe for something that is a supernatural occurrence is a gift. Okay? Now, Bishop, what, what is the pain that this person will face? The pain of unanswered prayer. Because if they perceive there's unanswered prayer in their lives, or there's something they asked God for and he didn't do, it will muzzle them from asking him for a miracle because they don't want to be disappointed. Got it? Healings. Same exact setting. 
Miracles just apply to anything. So a miracle could be you go home and you got a million dollar check in your uh, 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 mailbox. See, y'all ain't learned yet, church. Y'all should have been saying, I received that. Y'all said that, tell me, that's true, Bishop. That's true. You're supposed to be saying, I receive. I receive. That's miracle. But healing is, is specific to the body, be it emotionally or physically. Okay? So it's the same pain, though, because both of them are supernatural occurrences. You got it? Helps. Did you know being a help is a gift? Because some people get in the doggone way. Helps is a gift. Okay? Now, what is the gift they will face? They will face the gift, or the, or the pain rather, they will face the pain of feeling unappreciated because they were looking for the applause of human beings. People with this gift, will, will, they will do the work, they'll do the work wonderful, they'll help, they'll do whatever needs to be done. But, but then all of a sudden, well, nobody this and nobody that. You can never look for the applause of a human being. Because there may be times where you may do something and cover something and take care of something and nobody may ever see it and ever know. But God said, I recorded it. And so who are you trying to get credit from, Bishop or me? Because it's wonderful to get credit for it. Let's, let's not be set up and be overly spiritual about it. It's wonderful to get a human credit. Come on. Let me. It's wonderful to go on your job and your boss and say, you did a wonderful job. If you're a child, it's wonderful for your parents to say, you did a wonderful job. But if you got this gift of helps, you got to be careful that you're not doing things to get applause. You're doing them because it's the right thing to do. Administrations. That's a gift. That's a gift. All right? Administrations. The ability to organize, facilitate. It's very similar to leadership. Very similar to leadership. And consequently, it faces the same antithetical pain to the gift got it now <clears throat> and varieties of tongues now uh, again for the sake of not opening up a whole nother thing y'all all right yeah. uh there, there are three kind of tongues and i want to give them to you real quick because when it says varieties of tongues because some of y'all trying to figure out so that's when you talk in tongues on sunday and wednesday that's a variety right no three kinds of tongues <laughs> First kind of tongues is other tongues. Other tongues are other languages that you were not taught how to speak. The Holy Spirit empowers you to speak. This is what happened in Acts chapter 2. Most believers, especially Pentecostal charismatic believers, they believe on Acts 2, everybody came out, he cut out my shit. That is not what they did. They came out speaking other languages. You can read it, it's right there in the text, Acts chapter 2. The Bible says, are these are these are these, are these Cretans speaking our language? Are these, are they, how are all these different people speaking our language? How is it we're able to understand them? The Holy Spirit does that. Second kind of tongues is unknown tongues. This is the tongues you speak when you're praying in your prayer language, if, that's the gift, if you've been given that gift. It's unknown. Now, who's it unknown to? You. God knows exactly what he's saying. Seems like gibberish to you. God says, I know exactly what you said. And tongues are such a wonderful gift. I've taught on it before. Let me just throw this 30-second plug in there for them. Tongues are such a wonderful gift because tongues cut your mind out so that it's, it's God speaking to himself. See, some of the stuff God wants to do in your life, it's going to take God to believe God. So God says, I have to cut you out of the picture because if, if I'd let you pray what it is I wanted you to pray, you'd go crazy because you wouldn't be able to handle or be able to, uh, be able to quantify the greatness of what I asked you to pray. So what tongues do is I get my mind out of it, and it's God in me speaking to God in the heavenlies, and he agrees with himself. Wherever two or three touch agreeing anything. So when I speak in an unknown tongue, God starts agreeing with himself. And the him and you will say, I right, God, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And the him in the heavens will say, I agree, I agree, amen, amen. It's unknown tongues. Got to get the resources. I ain't got more time. And the third is tongues as prophecy. This is where someone in a public setting is speaking unknown tongues, but there's an interpreter there to tell you what they're saying. Not to translate, but to interpret. Our dancers, they do such a wonderful job, they do an interpretive dance. They're not translating what, she's, what the people are singing with sign language. 
I've got so much to, no, they're not translating, they're interpreting. <laughs> Don't get me dancing, I'm going to mess something up. Got it? It's interpretation. Got it? But look at this, look at this. But earnestly, look at verse 31. Desire the best gifts. Wait a minute. If I was limited to what I was originally given, why then am I told I can desire some other ones? It leaves the inference that I'm not limited to the hand I was dealt, but there must be a pathway that I can access some gifts I don't currently have. Touch your neighbor so you won't allow to get them. Be here next Wednesday. Everybody stand on your feet. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.